trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort.
And with that, welcome to the show, everyone. As always, I'm Green Vibrate, and for the next two hours, we got you some brilliant tunes on from Sega's puzzle lineup. Now, one thing you may notice if you paid attention to our Discord or our Twitter feed tonight is, aside from one track that we started off the show with, every track has been requested by someone in the chat room or someone on Twitter or anywhere anywhere that you can send them a request, or either on Twitter or Discord, mostly has been where they've been from. So, yeah, with that in mind, I, I should probably explain why that's been the case tonight. I have been very busy this past week, to the point where I haven't had time to write my show. With the exception of the normal segments which I did tonight, I did not have time to put down any music. Now, obviously, this is a slight issue, but I'm actually quite enjoying the fact that you guys have picked all the music tonight. It means I get to hear some tracks different to what would normally be my own selections, although, however, we do have quite a few, I'd say quite a few, maybe like two to three or so bog standard tracks that you'd expect considering the games that we have up tonight, but aside from that, we have mostly got some completely original stuff that we haven't heard on the show before, so get excited for that. But yeah, speaking of Discord and Twitter, if you want to send us a message on Twitter or, you know, at us or use a hashtag so you know, so we know that you're listening, that's uh, at, at Radio Sega, at Topical Resort, at The Green Vaporate, or use the hashtag Topical Resort. And if you want to join our fun and crazy chat room, that's radiosc.jf forward slash discord. And currently down in that discord, we happen to have quite a few people. We have Callum, we have BrickGo666, we have Mr. Spookyman, aka Jamie64326. We have Twinny. Um, I can't, I think I said Callum. Yeah, we have Veritex. We had Croft earlier and we had Ravseeger earlier. But if you want to join the fun, then, well, you're still able to do that. Not a problem. But yes, so Sega Puzzle Games. This one was actually requested by someone down in the chat room. It was requested by BritGhost666. Now, I'd already planned on doing this episode, but it just so happened that BritGhost wanted this episode anyway. But I'd always sort of planned it for right now, because those of you who don't know, next Thursday in Japan, Puyo Puyo Esports will be coming out. It's sort of along the lines of the Puyo stuff in Puyo Tetris, but a bit more refined than it was in that game, so... It's Puyo Tetris Plus without Tetris, so Puyo Puyo minus Tetris Plus. That sounds too confusing. Hopefully not, but either way, yeah, that's coming out this Thursday in Japan. No word on an English release yet, or just in general an international release, but we will hold out some hope for that. I'm I'm not going to be picking it up myself, considering it is just pretty much the Puyo stuff from Puyo Tetris, but hey, it still looks quite cool. Uh, props to you if you're picking it up, I guess. I, I'm sure quite a lot of our PO fans over on Twitter, because we have quite a few PO fans on Twitter, will be picking that one up, and um, I'm going to watch some streams of it at the very least. Yeah, puzzle games, there's not really too much of my cup of tea, personally, myself. Uh, but I've still played quite a lot of the games that we'll be talking about tonight. For example... Personal favourite on this list would probably be Puyo Tetris. It's a bit stereotypical, but just absolutely love that game. So solid. Got it on PS4, Switch, and PC now, and uh, a bunch of other consoles where it was released in Japanese. But it's just a really cool game. There's a reason that I've bought it so many times. It's very fun online, but it's also the single player is very replayable and marathon mode in Tetris and marathon mode in Puyo always good times single player and then you've got the frantic battles that ensue in multiplayer as well. 
But throughout the night, I'd also like to know some of your thoughts on these games. So be sure to send them in through the places that I've already previously mentioned. And also, another place that you can normally send stuff in is through our email, topperresort at gmail.com. Never really mentioned that one because I don't get too many emails, but hey, if you don't want to use Discord or you don't want to use Twitter, then we do have that available to you. One thing I'm going to say tonight is that considering it's all requests, there is much, uh, quite a bit less music than we would normally have on the show. So, with that in mind, um, we, we will be trying to hopefully fill up some of these talk beds, but not too much. There might not be too much padding, so apologies if it's a bit of a shorter show tonight, but it shouldn't be you know, any less than like an hour and 40 minutes or something like that. Uh, down in the chat room, Twinny has currently just put that Winamp received its newest update in about six years. Really now? I did not know this. I was not aware that Winamp released an update. Because, yeah, it's notoriously uh, not frequently updated Winamp. It last, as Twinny said, last time was six years ago in 2012. That's obviously the version that I'm running because I'm a loyal Winamp supporter and very much a fan of it, much more than like, iTunes or VLC or any other type of audio player. So, I'm going to definitely have to... Actually, maybe later, considering what Twinny's currently saying, but I'm going to have to check out the new release of Winamp at some point and see what new it brings to the table. Hopefully it doesn't break themes, because I have a really awesome custom theme that I downloaded off like DeviantArt many years ago and I haven't been able to find since, but it's still a really nice theme. Hope it doesn't break that. But either way, the reason I should probably be a bit hesitant in updating is that Twinny has just said that he's stuck. He gets stuck at a certain HTTP error when wanting to listen, so... Maybe we have him right now, maybe we don't, maybe he's using a different type of player, but either way, if you also are a Winamp fan like me, perhaps hold off on updating it. That's if you even knew there was an update. Don't risk it, at least for now, until we can confirm that any sort of bugs have been ironed out of that release. They took their sweet time on it, it shouldn't be buggy, but apparently it is. So we also had a Brick Ghost who's saying that if it gets a physical release, he will consider picking up eSports. I think that's pretty much me as well, yeah. I'll consider picking it up when it goes physical, because I love having physical things in my hand, but at the same time, it's not too expensive um, digitally. It's like 15, 20 pound, which really isn't bad. Oh, wow, okay, that's a big update, but I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, it's, it's really not that bad. Um, in terms of pricing, at least for a Japanese game. But still rather have physical, but at the same time I'm... I don't know, might drop the money when I actually have it at some point. I just dropped quite a bit of money on a wave bird yesterday. That was a thing that happened, but hey, it's sitting next to me right now. It's ready for Smash, just like I am. Oh, that'll be hype when that comes out. can get to use wirelessly, finally. So the reason I said that was a big update earlier and never clarified was because it's Winamp 5.0. Finally. <laughs> Because Winamp's been stuck on like version 4 for 6 years, so that just sort of came out of nowhere. I don't know whether they've been like hyping it up on social media or something, but I don't look at social media really that much anymore, and even if I did, I don't follow them. Ah, okay, interesting. So, according to their website, it says, A leaked version of Winamp 5.8 recently spread over the internet. Consequently, we've decided to make this new version available to you, revised by us. So they recommend that you download this one over the leaked version, but that probably explains a few of the uh, inconsistencies or glitches um, in in the actual software. And, yep, yeah, Twinnies rightfully pointed out, Winamp is back, and it's ready to whip the llama's ass. And Callum says, Winamp, more like Luzamp, 
And on that note, shall we get into our next track? Actually, I never said what the last tracks were, so let's do that first. Peter Peter 20th Anniversary was the second track of that block, and that was The Gorgeous Man Who Defiled the God. That's Shazo's theme. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. What a shock. Don't even think about making that a chow name, Brit, but either way. That was requested by Jstar Max a few weeks ago, but I asked for him to uh, hold off on that one just so I could request, just so I could slot that one in tonight. And we've also got a few more from him coming up during the evening. For that, my only pick of tonight. I, I did have one more, but then Twenty requested something, so it pushed it out of the playlist. From Choo Choo Rocket, that was the title screen theme because I love how bounced that one is. I was mentioning, it, I was mentioning to Callum in DM. That's probably my favourite Otani soundtrack. It's just so bouncy and happy, and even considering it's like it's early work, it's better than some of his much later stuff that came like almost 10 plus years later. But either way, that's that. So let's get on into our first track of this block right here. And, well, Brick Gamer wanted quite a few tracks, but I went with. I don't know what number this was, I think it was his third request. Let me just double check. I believe it was. Uh, technically his second request. Okay, so this is Tetramix, the BS2 version, and if you know anything about Sega, well then you know this is by the one and only blind spot. So we're going to hear this and when we come back it'll be time to go through the history of one of the games that we'll be discussing tonight. But for now, enjoy the music.
history. And with that, we are back. And kicking off the block, we had a track from Blind Spot. That was Tetramix, the BS2 version, as requested by Brit Gamer. And then after that, from Columns 3, Revenge of Columns, also known as Taiketsu, Columns World. That was Pemo Pemo Koroto, as requested by Jamie64326. Then after that, from Dr. Robotnik's Mean Beam Machine. We had stages one to four, and that was requested by both Brick Gamer and Callum. And now we are back here at the Topical Resort, and it's time for the Hasty History segment. But before we get into that, uh, Brick Gamer sent me an interesting story as to how he got into Puyo Puyo. So he says, "I had played it before. It was on the Famicom version of the of a on a GBA pirate cart. This was when I was 12 years old. Then last year, I played Sonic Mania and liked Chemical." Pu- the chemical plant boss fight so much that I picked up Puyo Puyo Tetris when I spotted it in my local game shop. So there we go, that's a fun little story right there. And if you've if you've got an, uh, I have given up on trying to remember your Halloween name. Yes, <laughs> no, I can remember it. It's just force of habit. Uh, when when I see your Hall- Halloween names on screen, I read them out. But when I don't see them on screen, I just use your normal name because that's my head. Uh, but yeah, that's a cool little story. And if you got any other cool little stories, I guess is to your experience with Sega Puzzle Games and how you got into them, I'd be really interested to hear actually, because I always do like sharing people's stories on top of just their opinions. You know, we do we do opinions all the time, but stories is a bit more unique and a bit more personal. But uh, let's get in, let's get on over into the hasty history. And I thought, well, I was a bit confused that this one was on the list, but apparently a lot of places refer to this as a puzzle game. So I thought it made sense to. Uh, to go through the history of this game, considering we probably won't be discussing it all that much tonight. But I wanted to go through the history of Monkey Ball. Now, not as a series, but as an individual game, the original Monkey Ball. So it was first released on April 25th, 2001, and it was another game directed by the legendary... Oh, no, no. I can normally pronounce his name, but I've completely stuttered. Toshihiro Nagayoshi. Nagoshi, yeah, Nagoshi, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Toshihiro Nagoshi. Uh, he's so legendary that I completely forgot how to pronounce his name. It's considered considered to be the first major title for Amusement Visions, as they had only opened one year prior, and their previous biggest hit was Daytona USA 2001. It was released on the Naomi GD-ROM arcade board, and it uses an arcade. Oh no, it uses a banana-shaped joystick for movement. Surprisingly, this release of the game only contains three characters, Ai, Mimi, and Baby, with each one playing identically identically to each other, only being cosmetically different. In traditional Monkey Ball fashion, the game contains three difficulty levels, with the easiest showing you the least levels and the hardest showing you the most. Despite only seeing a limited release, the game saw a port to the Nintendo GameCube a few months later, and this is where the game would receive the attention and praise that kick-started the Monkey Ball series. So there we go, there's sadly not too much information about that game, but the information there is about it is quite interesting, because it's actually fairly different to Super Monkey Ball, believe it or not. The levels themselves have different textures, it actually has different music. And yeah, Super Monkey Ball is an upgraded port, but not in the sense we think of. It's not like Sonic Adventure to Sonic Adventure DX, it is quite a significant upgrade compared to the original. 
And uh, yeah, Electric Vigaloo rightfully points out that he is the director of the original Daytona USA and the lead designer as well. Speaking of which, Electric Vigaloo has just joined us down in the chat room. We said Rexy earlier, but I forgot to say hello to Rexy. And uh, yeah, back to lurking he goes. But he's also uh, the lead director nowadays of the Yakuza series, so he really does get around in terms of um, the games he directs, but that's why I called him Legendary, because he is legendary for a reason. Because, you know, he's directed all those brilliant games that we've come to know and love from Sega. <laughs> Brick Gamers is really not desperate for any padding material at all. That's not true. I like reading your stories out, that's why. Jamie says, I remember my introduction to Puyo. I thought it was me. Oh, it was through Mean Bean Machine on a Radica plug-in or uh, plug-and-play system with Flicky, Sonic One, Kid Chameleon, Altered Beast, and Golden Axe. So there we go. There's that. I, my introduction to Puyo Puyo. Uh, it's not. It's not really that interesting. Uh, mean Bean Machine. It was on the Sega Mega Drive Arcade. Uh, was, was it Sega Mega Drive Arcade Ultimate Collection? Is that the name of it? it? The name now escapes my tongue. Either way, it was called Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection in America. But yeah, I had that for the Xbox 360, and that had Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine on it. So that was how I first played the game. Then after that, um, what would it have been? I I think I didn't play Puyo for quite a while, and then eventually I swapped over to playing Puyo Tetris when that came out on PS4. Or maybe I maybe I played the other ones emulated. I can't remember. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to recall this off the top of my head. I guess probably before Puyo Tetris, my experience would have been uh, 3D Classics. Actually, Puyo 2 on 3D Classics would have been my experience before I got into Puyo Tetris. And yeah, Brick Gamer says it's Sega Mega Drive Ultimate Collection. I, said, I had the word arcade in my head, but that's because of those damn At Games portables. Speaking of which, At Games are in a bit of a, a bit of hot water, but I guess we'll discuss that in a, in a later segment, because I think that would be something interesting to talk about in the call-in this week. If not, we'll definitely talk about it next week. Uh, through the Mega Collection, Jamie says I thought he thought I would have been introduced to Puyo by no, I, I didn't have the Mega Collection when I was younger. It was only I only got it through 360 backwards compatibility, like a um. When would it have been? Like 2012, probably. It was when I got the Mega Collection for the first time. I think it was either that or on GameCube. Either way, it was in 2012. It was well after 2010 when I initially played Mean Bean Machine. Whatever. That's that's that. But I was about to say. I was, I was sort of in autopilot mode, and I was about to say coming up next is your request, but it really isn't, because they've already played and they're already coming up, so... I'm just going to say as well, we pretty much do have a full show now, so I'd recommend not requesting anything else, because there's a possibility it, it won't get played. But with that in mind, let's get into the second of the two requests from Jamie64326. And he wanted another one from Columns to the Mega Drive, since I told him there really wasn't any Columns love tonight, and he has definitely come through in the last ten minutes or so. With that in mind, from the Mega Drive release of Columns, this is Atropos, right here on the Topical Resort.
And with that, welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. That was a very quick transition because I literally just finished typing something and then immediately pressed my hotkeys to turn the volume down. So what you just had there was from Bowrench. And that was a request by Electric Boogaloo. That was the main theme. And that's a game that we actually don't have on the playlist, surprisingly. So maybe one day we will add it. But we've added quite a bit this this week, at least. So I'll, I'll have a look into it, I shall say. Before that, from Puyo Puyo Tetris. That was fun, Puyo Puyo Hell. And that was requested by Callum. However, he actually requested a different version of it. He requested, from Sake Superstars Tennis, Enjoyable Puyo Puyo Pop Match. However, they're exactly the same track, just the Puyo Tetris version is longer, so I went with that version instead. And before that, even, from Columns for the Mega Drive, that's Atropos. I've got to say, everyone in the chat was loving that one. Maybe I just have my volume up a bit too loud, but it's, it's a bit grating in the ears, going to admit. But oh well, people in the chat like that one, so uh, that was something at least. So now comes the section of the show where we ramble even more than normal because this is where I talk about my opinions on the games that we are talking about tonight. So in this case it's Sega Puzzle Game so I'm going to give you my opinion on every puzzle game I so far have listed on my own list. So we're going to kick things off with one that I know nothing about, Baku Baku Animal. I know of Baku Baku Animal, I just don't really know what it's about to be honest. But yeah, let's have a look. Uh, it's got a 2.5 out of 5. Uh, it's a falling block puzzle arcade game released by Sega in 1995. And outside Japan, it was just known as Baku Baku, without the animal. And it was apparently their first ever network compatible PC game. Interesting. So, uh, let's have a look here. Okay, so the closest thing I can compare this to is... Um, I'm trying to think of the exact name for it. Panel Dupont? I think that's the right name for it. Either way, like the Tetris Attack, but Panel Dupont. Yeah, okay, it's called Panel Dupont. I knew it was Panel D something, I just couldn't remember the actual title for it. But yeah, it sort of looks like that, I guess, that someone's going to shout at me for that, probably, but yeah, I think, I think that's a fair assumption to make based on the screenshots that I'm seeing of it. Either way, it's not. Yeah, it's got some good reviews, actually. I don't really know what the deal with that 2.5 out of 5 was. Maybe that was just the arcade exclusive version. I don't know. Either way, yeah, maybe check this one out. Get it on Saturn. I'd say that's probably the easiest way to play it nowadays and the best looking way, considering the other options like Game Gear and Windows 95 PC. So yeah, either emulator or check out the Saturn version if you're a Sega fan. Uh... Oh yeah, that that's, that's the thing that happened. Sorry. Uh, Scary Tech says, Baku Baku Animu is fun, have it on Saturn. There we go. Uh, I, was, I was referring to just a second ago, I was trying to figure out why Callum said I'd play a game called Viper Viper Fever, and then it was because um, I said to Shadix that we should play some Puyo Tetris on PC. But uh, then he said some Puyo Viper, and then that eventually led everyone to um, changing my name out for the Puyo. So we've now got Viper Viper Tennis and we've got Viper Quest. <laughs> Jamie says in the chat how do we sell a new puzzle game in the West? I know we'll slap Tetris on it and call it Tetris Attack. Yeah well I mean you could you could slap the Tetris creator's name on a Puyo game and you could call it Quirks and you could have that be a, a three point question in one of my quizzes. You could do that. 
Yeah, they Tetris sells, so they just put Tetris's name on anything. On top of being rebranded as Tetris Attack, it was rebranded as Pokemon Puzzle League as well. So you probably know of Panel Dipon, even if you haven't heard the name. And yeah, you're right, you're right, Brit. It's definitely better than slapping Sonic on it, just like our next. No, it's not our next game, but coming up next, I don't even know if this counts as a game. We have Bayouet or. Ba yeah, I think it's Bayouin is how you actually say it. Bayouin, the Megatracks of Puyo Puyo CD. Now, oh, sorry, Viper Viper CD. Now, I don't actually know if this is an album or if this is... I think it's just an album, yeah. Because I, I didn't know whether it was, like, the soundtrack to Puyo Puyo CD or whether it was a remix album, but it seems to just be a remix album. Either way, I included this because it has some cool dance stuff on it and I didn't know whether anyone wanted to request it. Yeah, this uh, is a actually a pretty good album. I've played some tracks from it before, especially the bumping around mix of the main theme of Puyo Puyo. That's the one that everyone sort of knows of, but there's some other brilliant tracks on this one, so give it a listen if you can find it. I mean, it's not too difficult. It is on uh, KH Insider after all. Yeah, so you can find this easily enough. Go ahead and give that disc a listen. We also have Bowrench and... I had never heard of this until Electric requested some music from it, so he sent me some gameplay, but I didn't really look at it, so I'm going to see what it's all about. So it's a puzzle game from 1990, released on the System C2 arcade board. It's played with directional control and two buttons. So it's... Uh, a ball rolls down and automatically an independently scrolling track towards a goal. So you place bumpers that guide the ball to the goal before time runs out. Okay, so I'm sort of getting like some Marble Madness vibes, except um, I'm trying to I'm trying to sort of think like I, I, not, I don't want to say Lemmings, but those sort of games where you have like characters on screen and you have to build a path in front of them. I guess if I'm not comparing it to Lemmings, I should probably compare it to Mario vs Donkey Kong. That's a good analogy, but it sort of reminded me of a cross between those two style of games, which, yeah, that sounds pretty cool, and it is developed by AM1, so if you can somehow emulate this one, and go ahead and give Bowrench a shot. It actually has some pretty good music, too. We have Choo Choo Rocket. You all know Choo Choo Rocket. I, I sing my praises for this game way too much, I know, but this is a fantastic game, brilliant soundtrack. Here in the UK it was given away free with a subscription to the Dream Arena service. Yeah, it was called Dream Arena, okay, I was just checking in my head. But yeah, that was the name for the European online Dreamcast service, and if you signed up to that you got a free copy of Choo Choo Rocket, unlike other countries where you had to pay for it. <laughs> but because of that it's a ultra common game over here, you can find it for really pennies, I got my copy. Dirt cheap, it really... It really did not set me back much at all. But I've always said this, and I'm going to say it again. I think the GBA version of this game is actually superior. Uh, the Game Boy Advance version includes everything that the original does. It, it's not really a downgraded port. It's on the exact same level as the Dreamcast port, except the graphics are pixelated now instead of 3D models. But the difference is it contains a bunch of challenge levels, something like 700 challenges. And, uh... If you know anything about Choo Choo Rocket, you know that by far one of the best parts of the game is the music in the challenge mode. We actually don't have it up tonight, even though I did say I was going to play it last week. We don't have it in here tonight, but either way, 
Yep, you're going to be hearing that 700 times for minutes upon end if you choose to pick up the GBA version, but it has challenges that were released by Sega, and it also has a bunch of fan-created challenges, which is why I really like it, because they took fan-created content from the Dreamcast version and put it into an official release, which is really cool in my opinion, so I'd recommend Choo Choo Rocket, but especially I would recommend it on the Game Boy Advance, so go ahead and pick that game up. If you... If you have to get any game tonight, if you've never played any of the games on this list, honestly, Choo Choo Rocket would be the one I recommend. Yeah, okay, there's a bit of an underestimate there then. Jamie says that Choo Choo Rocket on GBA had 2,600 puzzles. Undershot that one slightly. Oh god, I've just, I've just clicked on the chat and I've seen what's going on. So we currently have, uh, well this started off fairly innocently with Callum saying I'm sure a Sonic Forces puzzle game would be better than Forces itself. True. And now it's gone into Tap D, Viper Pyre, Viper Eraser, Viper Viper Rocket, Super Viper Ball, Viper's Balls, oh, oh that's not a name. <laughs> Viping Fighters, Vaping Vipers, Sonic the Viper, Viper the Snake 2, Viper the Snake 3 and Jamie. Viper the Snake 4 Episode 1, Viper the Snake 4 Episode 2, Viper the Snake, Episode Metal, Viper the Snake CD, Viper Mania, Viper Forces, Viper Unleashed, Viper Colors, Viper Boom, Viper Adventure, Viper Adventure 2, Viper Adventure DX Director's Cut, Viper the Snake 06, Viper Advance 1, 2 and 3, Viper Battle, Viper Heroes, Viper Rush, and, uh, no, I'm not reading that one out, <laughs> I was going to read that out, and then I remembered the context of that message, so I probably should not read that out. Either way, yeah, check out Choo Choo Rocket. Uh, the Columns games, I can't really comment too much on Columns because I haven't played any of them in depth. The only one I ever sort of played for more than two minutes was the really old one on iOS, which has sadly been delisted now. But I have that on my second gen iPod Touch still, and it also included the option to play a Puyo Puyo mode. But sadly, that game's biggest sin is that you move your puzzle pieces either your Puyo or your, I don't know what they're called, your gems in columns, you move them by tilting the device. So, I know all of you are familiar with the Wii, and you know, like, the, the first two years, every company insisted on shoving in motion controls, like, oh, you flick the nunchuck to jump, and you, you do this motion control thing to do anything. Well, that was sort of a thing on iOS, back when accelerometers were first added to iPods and iPhones because everything used the accelerometer. Stuff that really didn't need to use the accelerometer used it as well. That was my only experience with that port, but either way it was still fairly competent aside from that. But yes, I'd like to know your opinions on columns since I really can't comment too much on them, but I will say I think I think they're pretty good games, just not my own cup of tea. A game that pretty much is my cup of tea, however, is Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. I love this game. It's not as good as the Puyo Puyo series, but it is still very good. For those of you who somehow don't know the story, it is a reskin of Puyo Puyo. They sold here in the West because they thought Puyo Puyo would not sell well, it's too Japanese. So do you know what we need to do? We need to replace all the characters with the characters from a Japanese franchise, in that case being the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise. Specifically the characters from the uh, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. I don't know why they did that, but they just sort of did. So yeah, it doesn't even centre around Sonic, it centres around 
Dr. Robotnik from AOSTH. But the puzzle game itself is really good. The original tracks that it adds are awesome, but it also has some old ones from Puyo Puyo returning. Uh, surprisingly not the main theme, but quite a lot of other tracks do return from Puyo Puyo, and they're all awesome. But I do really like Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, and... Well, this is a lot of people's first introduction to the Puyo series, so... I imagine you've already played it, but if not, I'd still recommend this version. Possibly even over the original Puyo Puyo on Meg Drive. So, yeah. Now, this is one that I don't expect anyone to have heard of. This is Fruity. And this is an independent Dreamcast game. Now, um, I didn't... There's probably more puzzle games on the Dreamcast. Actually, yeah, there are. That are, like, there's Wind and Water Puzzle Battles, I think is the name of the game. But this was the only one that I remembered off the top of my head. And that's how I was doing this list. But Fruity is a really cool game. And it's actually very cheap on Dreamcast. So... Uh, go ahead and pick up a copy, but I really enjoyed it. I burnt it, and that's not a ooh piracy thing, because they do actually give you just a free CDI or CDI file, and they go, yeah, you can burn it yourself, or you can buy this nice pressed copy of the game. I burnt it myself just because back in the days of the Dreamcast Hour, I really wanted to see what the game was all about. And yeah, it's really fun, actually. I can't remember the soundtrack off the top of my head, in fact I don't even know if I have it. I've, I have a bunch of independent games on my hard drive, on my external, well not ex uh, not my uh, independent games, but the soundtracks to them, I have a bunch of them on my external hard drive. So I should look to see whether that's in there, but either way, Fruity is a really fun game, check it out. I almost said Lemmings, which is the next game on our list, this is the Mega Drive release of the game. I don't really actually know too much about Lemmings, even though I just uh, made an, an analogy using Lemmings. But, yeah, it, I, I hear a lot of people really like this game. It kickstarted DMA Design's career, although nowadays you may know them better as, as the people who made Bang Bang Shooty Murder Simulator GTA. And they started off with this really cute, fun little platformer where, ironically, you kill a bunch of cute little creatures known as Lemmings. and. Yeah, most of you probably know the series. If not, check it out. I can't comment too much more on it. Mr. Driller. This is a really fun franchise, but it did, however, have a release on the uh, on the Dreamcast, and that's where I personally know it's best from. Uh, I'm trying to exactly remember, but I uh, oh yeah, that was it. Uh, surprisingly, the Dreamcast version of this game supports the microphone peripheral. Now, if you know anything about the Dreamcast, you know that it doesn't support the microphone, or like, no games support the microphone, really. So, but Mr. Driller somehow does, and it's not an advertised feature at all. I only found this out through the Gaga Man, surprisingly. Yeah, so you can shout, like, drill into the microphone, and it, it'll drill, surprisingly. I, I can't do the Sonic Colors voice, I don't have the sound effect for it, so you're just gonna have to imagine it in your head, or get it up on YouTube. Either way, uh, just imagine it. Drill! Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that'll do. Actually, do I have it? Let's have a look. Uh, drill. No, okay. No? Maybe? Ah, I do, however, have this one, but this one isn't the one that I was thinking of, so... Let's bring down the uh, the talkbird for a second here, and let's see if this works. Okay, that that wasn't the one I was thinking of at all. That's the Lost World version that plays when you're underwater, not the actual dun 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 version that I was thinking of. Eh, whatever. That was that was a disappointment. 
We're just going to have to bring back the talk bed instead. Thank you for ruining my excitement there, Sonic Lost World. Oh, just how you ruined the excitement of many. I actually spent most of the afternoon today watching a Lost World stream. I don't really know why I did that, but hey, I had a free afternoon. Yeah, Jamie, you are right. It's a third-party game. I'm well aware of that, but I decided to include third-party stuff if I remembered it today, which I, I really didn't include. I just wanted to include Mr. Drill, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's quite a fun game. Check it out. Pengo, this is a personal favourite of Sega Social Media Manager Danny, who always tweets at us stuff about Pengo. I don't really know too much about the game myself, though. This is a common theme, you may have noticed, because Sega has a lot of really obscure franchises that uh, they that they don't even really bring back, or they don't release often, so I really haven't played or seen too much of them. But it's apparently developed by Coreland, but it was published by Sega, hence why it's a Sega game. You control Pengo, a red penguin that lives in the Antarctic. The game is in an overhead maze made of ice blocks. Uh, is this even a puzzle game? Because it came off my puzzle game searches. But this doesn't seem very puzzle-ish. Eh, maybe it is, I don't know. Either way, Pengo. It, it seems cool if you can, uh... If you have a, tw if you have a 2600, a 5200, an Atari 8-bit, or the Game Gear it seems like the only way you're gonna pr probably be able to legally play it. Or, or, an, or an arcade, I guess, if you somehow find a board, but either way, you're, you're not gonna have to use that, you're gonna emulate it, let's be honest. So yeah, check out Pengo, I guess, if you're a pretty big fan of Sake, because I can't really think of any other reason that you'd honestly want to play Pengo, that's not a diss against it, just I can't see too many people rushing to play Pengo unless they're huge Sega fans myself. We also have the P.O.P. series, which I'm going to bundle into one, because, I mean, seriously, there's just so flippin' many of them. So we have P.O. Pop, P.O. Pop Fever, P.O. 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 2, P.O. P.O. 7, P.O. P.O. Fever 2, P.O. P.O. Tetris, P.O. P.O. Vocal Tracks, P.O. P.O. 15th Anniversary, P.O. P.O. 20th Anniversary, and P.O. P.O. N. Brackets, P.O. P.O. 4. That's a whole bunch of games right there. That's a whole lot of robots. A whole lot of Eggman robots, sorry. So, I'm going to go through an order and explain my opinion on them uh, briefly. Puyo Pop, I believe that's the GBA one. That was the first one done by Sonic Team rather than Compile, because Compile went bust and Sega bought the rights to the franchise. It's a pretty good game. It actually has some really nice music for a GBA, but it is quite shrill at points. But some of the tracks are, are pretty nice on that one. Don't know too much about the game. Supposedly it's good. Puyo Pop Fever. This game appears on absolutely every list because it was ported to so many platforms under the sun, under the Puyo Puyo sun. Ah ha ha ha. Even though, yeah, it, it, in my opinion, it's not the greatest game, but it was on so many different consoles that it's hard to avoid it. I'm not going to get up a list, actually I am, because it's just on so many damn things, but this is the game that technically killed the Puyo franchise in the West for a while, because it just really did not do well, but yet it came out on flipping everything. Let's, let's read off the list. It came out on the PlayStation 2, the Dreamcast, the GameCube, the Xbox, the Mac, OS, 
Game Boy Advance, Microsoft Windows, Mac OS X, Pocket PC, PlayStation Portable, Nintendo DS Arcade, Xbox 360, Sony Walkman. The Sony Walkman! <sighs> it, like, it's not a bad game, I just don't think, as Period Games go, it's a particularly good one. Like, it's not very well stylized, because... I don't know, the 3D models, the 3D in general, just doesn't really fit the PS series. Like, the the game's front cover has an excellent anime art style, which really does fit the series, so I was surprised when I boosted it up and it was all these really jarring 3D models. Aside from that, the gameplay's okay, I don't really like the new mechanics it added, but it's just not one of my favourite games in the series. They released it on everything, and yet somehow, despite that, they lost tons of money. Like, who would have thought they would have at least sort of broken even, considering it was on every platform available at the time, and eventually afterwards, but apparently not. The original Puyo Puyo, we sort of discussed this already with Dr. Robotnik's Mean Beam Machine. It's, uh, it's a good game. I'd recommend you check it out, but Puyo Puyo 2 is much better. Specifically, check out the 3D Classics release on the 3DS. The absolute best way to play Puyo Puyo 2, it's just excellent. And it's probably the best game in the series, honestly. Or the best classic game, I'd go as far as to say, I don't know about the best game overall. Puyo Puyo 7, a really good game, and it goes in a different direction, because this is the first game to feature Ringo as the protagonist instead of the previous Amity or Aural. I really like Ringo as a protagonist, actually. Uh, I used to say I used to have beef for some reason with Amity, but I've really gotten over that beef. But I still think I prefer both Ringo and Aural as protagonists. Either way, though, they're they're really cool. They're all they're all quite cool. But the game is quite good as well. Sadly, we never got it here in the West, so you're gonna have to be importing a copy of this one, just like you're gonna be having to import a copy of Pio Pio Fever 2. I don't know anything about this one, but I suspect. It has a lot of the same issues as Peter Peter Fever 1. I'm going to actually see some reviews for this one, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, 4.4 out of 5 on EMU Paradise. But, I've explained my gripes and seemingly Peter Peter Fever 2 has them as well. So, not one of my favourites, but this one, thank goodness they cut down how many platforms it was released on, because it was only released on the Nintendo DS, the play the, the PS, yeah, the PlayStation 2 and the PlayStation Portable. So only three consoles for this one. Came out on the DS surprisingly on Christmas Eve on December 2005. So that was weird, but it came out earlier in November for everything else. So aside from that, we also have Puyo Puyo Tetris. I have sung my praises for this game already. I love Puyo, I love Tetris. This is the perfect combination of the two. Seriously, the best game in both franchises. Check it out. Puyo Puyo Vocal Tracks, obviously an album of vocal tracks, remixes of the Puyo franchise. It's good. You, you know the remix, the main theme from that one. It gets played so much on this station, but there's a bunch of other ones on there that are quite cool as well. Puyo Puyo 15th Anniversary and Puyo Puyo 20th Anniversary. I'm going to bundle them together because, in my opinion, there's not really too many differences between the two. Yeah, a bit more of a return to form for the Puyo series compared to Puyo Fever. Got a few more traditional rules. And I think this was the first game to reincorporate the traditional cast instead of the Sega cast. So I explained that there were different protagonists, but they're generally sort of grouped into two different groups, and that's Compile Protagonists and Sega Protagonists. And the compound protagonist, after Sega took over, went away for ages. And Puyo Puyo 15th Anniversary was the first game 
to have back those protagonists. Uh, so, yeah, this was a good game in that regard, the fact that it brought back all these old, beloved characters, but in other ways, yeah, not so much, and as well, you're going to have to import a copy of this one. Same as with our final game, Pew 4, also known as Pew Pew N. Not one of my favourites. This was before they adopted the anime art style, but uh, this was in a weird period, in my opinion, for the Pew franchise, because sort of the appeal was the cute sprite art, but they had a weird in-between period where they swapped from doing sprite art to doing this really sort of ultra-realistic style. And then they stopped doing that when Sega took over because they just made it all anime style. I don't really like the, the direction that Puyo Puyo 4 takes the art. I'm much, I'm so glad when Sega took over they did it in a much more anime-esque style. I think it looks so much nicer. Either way, I guess it's probably a good game. I know it has some nice music, so check out Puyo Puyo 4. Especially since it's the la... No, it's not. I'm going to retract that statement. But yeah, it's a Dreamcast game. A Dreamcast puzzler that needs more love. So check it out. Sega Ages 2500 Series Volume 28 Tetris Collection. I don't know anything about this one actually, but I don't like the music. I listened to the soundtrack before I did the Sega Ages episode and I just couldn't find a track that I liked. But I think this is a collection of all the Sega Tetris games which were wildly popular in Japan, whereas Nintendo Tetris was much more popular over here. I know it's called Tetris Collection, I was just trying to figure out what collection of Tetris games it was, but yeah, I think it's, okay, it's of Tetris New Century, uh, the System 16 version, the System E version, the Mega Drive version, Flashpoint for System 16, Flashpoint for Mega Drive, even though it's a prototype, Blockseed for System 18, Blockseed for System 16, and Blockseed for System C. So you've got a whole bunch of games on here. Uh, I know nowadays we more so associate Sega Tetris with the Grandmaster actually because that was Sega Tetris was what inspired the Grandmaster series. However, it's important to remember that hey, there was a lot of Sega Tetris games and they didn't come out over here, and this collection didn't either. So I don't know why I'm saying that, but still, yeah, you've got um, you've just got all these games. They're pretty cool. And it's an alternate version of history. What happened in Japan was Sega got Tetris, whereas over here Nintendo got Tetris. So it's it's a weird glimpse into an almost alternate world to our own, I guess. And on that note, let's go on to Sega Swirl. Uh, this game was in, uh, interestingly distributed because it was distributed in uh, magazines and occasionally it was just sort of given away with the Dreamcast. And eventually... They went, yeah, screw it, and I think they included it on the Sega Smash Pack, the famous Sega Smash Pack. I'm going to double check, I'm fairly certain that was how it first appeared. Uh, let's, let us see. Yeah, it was on various demo discs through Dreamcast Magazine, uh, and it came on a few other things. Either way, it was also on PC, which a lot of people seem to forget, they only remembered the Dreamcast version. One thing that was unique, actually, about Sega Swirl was that there was an email version and you could play it one move at a time through email, which I find really funny, especially considering email games are sort of dead now because, hey, we have superior forms of entertainment nowadays. Uh, yeah, I know I know Japan got Nintendo Tetris also, and I'm aware of that, Jamie, but at the same time, it's just we never even got a glimpse of Sega Tetris, but that was the popular version. Nintendo Tetris wasn't really as popular over there. Either either way, this also appeared on Palm OS Sega Swell actually, which Palm OS, ugh. <laughs> Why Palm OS? 
But interestingly, this game was created by Scott Hawkins, and uh, it wasn't actually created like initially to be released as a game, I don't think. It was just sort of designed and programmed, and then Sega goes, Oh yeah, we like this, Let, let's bring this out. I think, like, he didn't intend for it to be released, I think is the story that I've heard from a few people. I don't know how, how much truth there is in that, though, but by the looks of it, Sega didn't initially seem to know of its existence. But hey, Sega Swell, it's it's a pretty cool game, actually. It has some nice music as well, and just, it's a, it's a weird oddity in the Sega Puzzle library. So for that reason, I'd recommend you track it down. I actually got it on a demo disc with my Dreamcast, so I've had it for all this time, but it's a really fun one once you get the hang of it. Unlike Sonic Eraser, because this game is not fun. My only experience with this is um, f back around... When would it have been now? It would have been 2016. Yep, that sounds right in my head. 2016 at the Western Supersonic event, which sadly isn't on next year, which is such a shame because I really wanted to meet with everyone, but I will. And I think it's actually a year today. Since, or a year tomorrow it will have been since the last Western Supersonic. Let me have a look at that right now because I want to know. Uh, I did the C64 episode. Yeah, tomorrow will be the um, will be one year since Western Supersonic. That's really weird. But that times times flying by since uh, since then. But that was a really fun event. Either way, at the 2016 one, I got to play Sonic Eraser on a what was it like a reproduction cartridge. And it was not good. The music's dreadful, the game's dreadful, it's just really not a fun game. The story behind this one was it was originally released on the MegaNet, the, a Japanese Mega Drive subscription service. Sort of the precursor to the Sega channel that we got over here in the UK and US, and I think maybe a few other countries as well. But luckily, unlike some games on the Sega channel, people actually managed to preserve this one. And although I don't think it's a great game, I'm glad it's a piece of history, or a piece of Sonic history that's been preserved on the internet. So, Sonic Eraser, yeah, don't play it unless you're at a convention, because then it becomes surprisingly funny. Oh, I miss that convention now. Uh, that's just, uh, let's just put a dampener on the mood. Let's go into uh, something else completely different. Tetris Giant, also known as Tetris Decadis. I played some music from this one recently on the show, and it has a really nice soundtrack, but... Uh, br br eh? Ah, how have I run out of music? I've talked for half an hour. Um, okay, let's let's uh, stop this from playing. Can you stop playing, please? Nice. <laughs> I've somehow talked for half an hour. I'm so sorry, guys. I've really kept you um, busy here. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so confused. Like, why is the music ended? <laughs> That's never happened before. Uh, either way, Tetris Giant is a really cool game. I think. I think Brick Gamer just linked it down in the chat room. Yeah, there we go. A video by Reras. Uh, check out that video, because that's that's going to do a better job of describing it than I could have right now. And I really need to move on to so Super Monkey Ball. They're really fun games. We've talked about them before. I actually want to do an entire show about Monkey Ball, so I don't know when it will be, but it'll be at some point. So I'm going to hold on to that message, I think, for now. And we're going to get into the track that you just heard, because apparently we really need to get a wriggle on. From Choo Choo Rocket, this is the multiplayer theme, and when we come back, it'll be time for what I think will be a bit of a controversial topical thesis. But let's get into Callum's request, so enjoy.
Tropical Thesis. Well, that was a bit of an abrupt end, but yes, welcome back to the Tropical Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard there was a request from Electric Boogaloo. That was London Final from Stack Columns, a game which Jamie apparently didn't know existed. Glad he wasn't the only one. Or glad I wasn't the only one then, in that case. And before that, from Choo Choo Rocky, that was the multiplayer theme as requested by Callum. And now we are back here. It is time for the topical thesis. And for those of you who don't know what the topical thesis is, it's where I take an opinion that I've come up with where I've heard from around the Sega community and I give my spin on it. I give my three points for, my three points against. And I come to a justified conclusion based on whether I agree or disagree with the statement. Today's statement, as I said earlier, it's a bit controversial. And uh, you'll see why. But with that in mind, today's topical thesis is does columns need to be reinvented to make a comeback? So I'm not even going to try and beat around the bush. Let's just get into it. So, 3.4. I believe that the series hasn't received a new entry for quite a while, so they may need to take a different approach to get people interested again. This is just a, this is just quite a basic point when you really consider it. If if the game has had a new series for a while, then you're going to have to do something new in order to recapture people's interests. Because just releasing a new game may not entice them to give it another go. The franchise isn't amongst Sega's most popular, and this could be due to the gameplay not sticking with people. You know, it's there's people who like Columns, but when you hear like the top Sega franchises, Columns is never really amongst them. Pio Pio normally is, but um, just not Columns, and perhaps there's a reason for that. Perhaps it's because. People don't really click with the gameplay, and they, I don't know, they need a new version of Columns in order to, or a new, a new idea, a new uh, concept to do with Columns to make them perhaps a bit more engaged in the gameplay. And this is just a personal theory, but the puzzle mechanics might be too complex to keep many interested for long periods of time. Unlike simpler titles such as Puyo, Tetra, or Puyo and Tetris. Uh, once again, a pretty simple point. Some people might just not click with it because it's too difficult for them to understand, or it's too difficult for them to stay engaged with, like they understand it, but it's too much brain power to play columns for a long period of time, unlike simpler titles such as Puyo or Tetris, which you can almost sort of do like without having a full concentration on them, like you could hold a good conversation, uh, at least at lower levels, while playing Tetris and Puyo. You, certainly if you're playing like higher levels, like tournaments, you're not going to be able to do that, but as just your casual player, yeah, they're much simpler to pick up and play than something like Columns. But I am somewhat against this statement, so let's hear my three points against as to why perhaps this statement eh, doesn't necessarily ring true. So, the Columns formula is tried and tested. There's been quite a lot of games in the Columns franchise, and for that reason, the gameplay has probably stuck with people and therefore doesn't need to be reinvented if they've made that many games. It's relatively easy to pick up and play, so there really isn't a need to reinvent the wheel. So what I mean by this is, it's even though I just said it was sort of, um, you know, difficult in a way, like, just getting to grips with the content itself and, like, understanding what the game is about is easy, in a sense. So, it's easy to just pick up, but actually thinking about it in like, the optimal places to put in gems and stuff, that's... 
that's where the difficulty comes in. But either way, the easy pick-up-to-play factor means that you really don't need to reinvent the wheel in this case, because what you have currently probably works fine. And the series might not have seen the love it deserves due to other factors, such as perhaps poor marketing. Now that's, once again, just a theory, a game theory, thanks for watching, but perhaps there's other factors at play as to why the franchise just didn't do as many numbers as Sega wanted. I'm sure it did numbers, don't get me wrong, but perhaps it's just not coming back because it didn't do numbers, but perhaps that's not due to the gameplay needing changing. Perhaps that's just because... I don't know, just Sega didn't do a good enough job at getting the word out there for columns. That's always a possibility. But either way, which one won in the end? Are my points for stronger or are my points against stronger? Let's come into the conclusion and see what I think. So I'm going to start off my conclusion by saying that I was never really much of a columns fan, but I'm not going to let that ruin my overall opinion, especially since I know there are many who love the franchise. Columns has never entirely clicked for a mainstream audience in the same way that other puzzle franchises have. And I partly believe that this could be due to other previously mentioned factors such as lack of engagement due to perceived difficulty level. I do however believe that if the gameplay was overhauled and perhaps even the graphics, not even overhauled but just reimagined and reconsidered, then the franchise could do numbers that it's never seen before. So for that reason, I believe that if Columns were to return, it would need to be reinvented. What's your opinion on that opinion? You have many different places where you can get in your opinion. You can get it in through Twitter, at Radio Sega, at Resort, at The Green Vibrate. You can get it in through Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Radio Sega. You can get it in through Discord, radiobc.g forward slash Discord. You can get it in through our email, talkresort.gmail.com. Or you can get it in through a private message on the Radio Sega forums. I'm Green Vibrate over there. All those different places that you can get in your opinion. And now let's see what you guys have been saying in the chat room. And the answer to that is not much. Uh... Jamie says, didn't they try and bring back columns in the form of columns crown and aim it mainly towards girls? I don't know about the second part, but I know columns crown certainly existed. And uh, Veritex rightfully says that he prefers columns to Puyo, which I mean, hey, that, that's, that's your opinion. I've played the game. It just didn't really click with me as much as other puzzle games have myself, but... I don't even necessarily think that's down to the game, I think that's just down to my own engagement with it. Um, and yeah, I guess the definition of what I'm calling reinvented here is fairly loose, but you know, something that shakes up the gameplay just enough to where it warrants having a new release, not just, you know, Columns 1 but with nicer graphics, it needs, does it need something else in order to sell the game nowadays? That's sort of what I'm trying to get at with this thesis here. Uh, very text, scary text, woo, says I remember playing col Columns 1 once and I was in level XXXX. The speed was was so high but I just didn't lose. Could have gone on for hours but I stopped because it got pretty boring. So that's, that's an example of people who've definitely engaged with Columns. So yeah, there's definitely people out there who have. I'm just stating that perhaps it hasn't reached a mainstream audience for a certain set of reasons. I don't know, either way, you can still continue to send in your opinions, but we've got one from... ViperGhost666 here, because he's, he's changed his name. Damn you, Brit Ghost. But he says, personally, the, uh, the Golems, yep. The Golems gameplay is personally fine, or perfectly fine, but I think he could do a nice style that they used, like in Golems Crown. The thing is, it got overshadowed by Puyo, because as far as Sega is concerned, they'll make a title in the more popular series. Myself, I would love for Golems to make a comeback, maybe with a Puyo Puyo slash Golems crossover, like Puyo Puyo Tetris. 
well, that already exists. As I said earlier, it exists on iOS, but you can't buy it anymore, and it wasn't really a crossover. But yeah, I know. I get what you're actually trying to get at there. I'm just being pedantic. But either way, I'm going to send out a tweet about this, and I'll let you get in your opinions over on Twitter as well. But for now, we're going to get into a, another request from J Star Max, and he wanted one from Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz. And this is Nika. I don't know what stage this plays in, but it's Nika from Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz. Right here on the Topical Resort.
missed an episode and want to catch up? Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section. Subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. Discord Call-In Wow, it's been a surprisingly long time since I last heard that. Yes, this is the Discord Call-In and this is the Topical Resort. And what you just heard was a track from Choo Choo Rocket. That was the single player theme. And I believe that was requested by Twinny. Before that, from Choo Choo Rocket, that was... Uh, no, that wasn't... <laughs> Before that, from Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz, that was Nika, as requested by J. Star Max. I was trying to remember his spooky name off the top of my head, but I really couldn't. And now it's time for the Discord Call-In, where you can call into the show and... Hopefully, you can. Hopefully, you're going to talk about the. Uh, the what am I even trying to say? Hopefully, you're going to talk about the topic at hand. But if not, we're perfectly fine normally with you talking about the news or whatever you want to. Most of the time, just keep it keep it Sega related, somewhat. Give it gaming related, is what I will say right here. But we have one person to chill out, and I think I think someone's going to say, "Oh, this person again." But we haven't had a, we haven't had this person on the show in absolutely ages, actually. Now, probably like a few, one or two months, probably at least. It's been a very long time, but if no one joins, I'm perfectly happy to have them on for about five minutes or so. But uh, we'll we'll keep an open ear for a second, and then we'll see we'll see if anyone else joins. But I'm I'm starting to get that feeling, that sinking feeling. No, not, not that one. The feeling that no one else is going to join. So, yeah, I think it's time. I think it's time that we added them in. So, let's drag on over. Jamie64326 at the chill out. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, you. Yeah, I'm doing good myself. So, what would you like to talk about today? At games. Mm, oh, this is a good topic. I, I was actually going to talk about this earlier in the show, but I didn't. So, I'm glad you talked about at games now. <laughs> Yep, so the situation with that game, especially with their latest plug-and-play console, was the Bandai Namco flashback. So the situation is that depending when the model was produ- produced in its batch, the uh, the uh, plug-and-play system has either the NES, uh, NES parts of the games or the arcade originals. This was first n- noticed when, uh, if you look at John Hancock's video on YouTube, he got sent a he got sent a review. Uh, he got sent the console by at games to review, which his had the superior arcade version. While a YouTuber named Matt was it Mad Little Pixel Hair? That was it. He yeah. Re- yeah, he he reviewed it a little later. But if you notice on his video, it had the NES parts of the game. Hmm. Which, which itself is misleading because apparently on the packaging it has the I think it's the Splendid Arcade versions of the games. Yeah, it's very the packaging is misleading. It doesn't tell you that, um, that there's any differences. The, uh, there even is two models. In fact, it, it it implies that there's only one model that contains the same games. When in reality, there's two, and they contain two completely separate games. It's not that the two different model is. It's the it's that the fact the ones in later production dates are receiving the uh, the superior arcade versions. Yeah, and I'm just referring to them as models for simplicity's sake. Like two uh, different versions of the same 
thing. Even. Yeah. It's just like different software on the machines, obviously. And the worst thing about it is a, a, a mad little pixel uh, wasn't calling out at games out by it as such, just wanting to discuss why the, this happened, and then it got blocked by them on Twitter, and that anyone who seems to bring up the discussion on Twitter, they seem to get blocked by them. Mm, yeah. Oh, at games. The funny thing I found out as well was with the NES, uh, the NES version, which contains the ROMs, obviously, from the Nintendo Entertainment System, that version, not only do the games run worse, because, well, they're NES games, but the emulator itself actually has slowdown and screen tearing on top of the slowdown that's already in the games. So they somehow messed up the less intensive version of the console. How did that work? Who knows? It's our games. Mm, this is true. As as Viper goes six 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 was put down in the chat. Yeah, they definitely are shat games. We're not even gonna beat around the bush with that one. <laughs> shat my, games is my, a good name. My my biggest uh, thing about the console though is why does the, a system like this require a six button controller? Because they already had the most the Mega Drive controller, so they decided to use them again. That's why. But they could have expanded on the arcade, uh, the Atari controller or something. But they're lazy, Jamie. They're lazy. They're at games, even though they already have the Atari license. <laughs> yeah, that's my head thinking about this, honestly. At games. Get your acts together, guys. Uh, there's no point saying that, because they've been doing this for absolutely years now, and it's just not working out in their favour at all. The, the thing about our games, though, is in concept, uh, their consoles actually aren't a bad idea, but when actually putting it together, they just make a horrible job at it. Yeah, as um, I think Brick Gamer put in the chat earlier, sorry, Viper Ghost, as he put in the chat earlier, uh, the only good at games thing, I've said this on the show before, is the handheld at games consoles. Aside from the sound, they are surprisingly good, but I don't know how they messed up the sound first of all but second of all I don't know how their consoles are so bad surely that shouldn't be too hard if you've mastered arguably the trickier handheld I, I was kind of a fan of the idea of using the was it the uh, plug and play systems the Mega Drive one with the uh, with the cartridge part on it yeah the only issue is for some reason running the games off the cartridge on that one made them run worse than if you ran them off I don't know what it was, like flash memory which is weird you would have thought they would have run the same but no it w runs worse off a cartridge plus if, I, plus if I remember correctly, didn't it have issues with games that run on an SRAM or the uh, lock on technology um, yeah it wouldn't surprise me that they didn't build in support for that it's, it's that games uh, that, that console also had the sound issues we previously mentioned, that's on all that games consoles. But as well, um, probably the worst offender, I'd say, honestly, from what I've seen, is how much rainbow banding there is on their Mega Drive consoles. There's so much rainbow banding, it's ridiculous. And uh, for those of you who I don't know, uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, but it's when you're using like composite cables. And you can just see like this little rainbow image diagonally scrolling across the screen. It's like you can somewhat notice it on actual like good quality consoles, like for example the Wii. 
but you can really badly notice it on the at games consoles. It's really bad. That's what I'm going to say. And the worst thing is when they adver- advertise they got 80 games on it, that's just a big lie in its, it's own. It's mostly their games. <laughs> Not actual Sega ones. 40 licensed games plus 40 games that even a basic flash, flash user could do better. 40 games we made in Scratch. Yeah, that'll do. Oh, at games, you'll never learn, will you? Either way, yeah, that's an interesting controversy. It's probably something we'll get maybe more in-depth into next week considering it's off-topic and some more progress might have been made in that regard. But anyway, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Any final things you'd like to say before I drag you back to the chill-out? Yeah, I think without games losing their biggest licensee, I think this could actually be the uh, end of their days. No, please, whatever will I do about at games, I, I wouldn't be able to live without their horrible plug-and-play consoles. Yeah, I need those games with the crappy sounds. They're the best way to play it. <laughs> I love the games that aren't even licensed yet. It's called a Mega Drive flashback. Ugh, oh, that's games. Anyway, thanks so much for coming on the show, Jamie. I'll catch you later, as always. See you later. See you later. And now it is time for the Toppy Mix. That was Jamie, but we got to get on with the music. So, for those who don't know how the Toppy Mix works, because someone asks every week, we play a Sega track not relating to the topic of the episode, a remix relating to the topic of the episode, and a non-Sega track not relating to the topic of the episode. And tonight we've got a track from a game which was just added to the playlist, or we this week had, had a really big game added to the playlist, and a game that's pretty big, would have normally been pretty big had it not been out, sh- out, I don't know, outperformed by the big game, but it's still a pretty important title. Then after that, we got a remix, I'm going to be honest, it's from Choo Choo Rocket because this is such a good remix and I couldn't think of any others and then we got one from a non-Sega game which I'm going to keep a secret but um, knowing me you can probably guess what it is either way enjoy the Toppy Mix Let's get scratching The Toppy Mix
idea for a future episode? Head on over to radiose.ga forward slash topical resort and suggest which topic you'd like to hear for a chance for it to be featured. And the end of the topic mix can only mean one thing, that it's the end of the entire show as a package. What you just heard there was from Super Smash Bros. Brawl, that was Gourmet Race. Uh, I, I hinted that knowing me, that, that track was going to probably, not that track, but that game was going to probably appear again at some point soon. And I was correct. So from Super Smash Bros. Brawl, that was Gourmet Race. For that, a track which got a lot of love down in the Discord from Tonal Bliss, that was Choo Choo. A remix of the Choo Choo Rocket commercial theme in Japan. And kicking off the block was a track from a game which we recently added to the playlist this week. We ex- we added two non-Sega games to the playlist this week. One obviously being Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, which we put on on Wednesday night. And uh, SNK Heroines Tag Team Frenzy, which was released by Sega only in Asia. Not even in Japan, I don't think. And that was... That was a track known as Kresk Dot. The dot was there. I, that wasn't my software. That was always there. But yeah, that's that's a pretty cool track. It's it's a bit depressing, admittedly, but there we go. But uh, yeah, then in the chat room, we currently got people uh, talking about Smash Bros. Ultimate, and that led Twin to say that it's the perfect game going to hibernation for the wintry months. And then Verytex says, speaking of winter, how is the planning for this year's Winterfest going? And with that, Twinny just posted a, a massive version of the eyes emoji, and I think that's a good place to uh, end, end off the Winterfest planning. Uh, Brick, Brick Ghost, okay, Viper Ghost 666 asked, What about the soundtrack that I sent you? And I will still be adding that, and I'll be adding some stuff that Electric sent me as well at some point. I'm not gonna say a date, because if I don't do it, I don't want to feel guilty. But um, I will, trust me, I will actually have a go adding some stuff that you guys have sent me. That just requires me to sit at my computer, which hasn't exactly been easy or I've had the time for this past week. So I do apologise about that. But I want to say as well, thank you to everyone who sent me a request tonight. Uh, really did help out a lot and I really enjoyed it actually because I got, I got to play so many tracks that I would never even consider picking. And got to hear some very awesome, much-needed variety on the show tonight. But coming up next is a track we've heard before, but we haven't heard this specific version. But before that, I am going to give a thank you to everyone down in the chat room. We have had ViperGhost666, aka BritGhost666, aka BritGamer98. We've had Twinny, we've had ScaryText, we've had Mr. SpookyMan, aka Jamie64326. We've had... We had some other people earlier on. We've had people popping in and out of the chat room. We've had Callum... We had myself, we had Shaddix Croft, uh, we had apparently Doomgirl at one point, that was something that happened, <laughs> I didn't even notice, whoops. Uh, others, there's just, oh, there's just so, so much, I can't say that on the air, <laughs> there's just a lot of nonsense in the chat room. Right now, we also had, who sent in some requests, we had Star Max. Don't know whether he listened in tonight, but maybe he's listening on the podcast. If you are, hello to you, sir, as well. And I think I could be wrong, but is today the day? Let me look. I'm fairly certain today is the day. One, one week. Uh, not the day exactly, but I'm fairly certain, if not already, this week... I think Spookabike, <laughs> aka Spook, aka Spookabike, aka Superbike underscore two, 
I think this week might be his marriage week, so if it is, and if you're somehow listening to this, a big congratulations to you, or if you listen to this in the future, congrats, Superbike. If not, oh well, that congrats extends to whenever it was, or if it was previously, congrats. Either way, but yeah, I want to give a huge thank you to people who haven't normally been able to listen, or haven't been able to listen in this week, but would normally listen in. Because seriously, everyone's appreciated here at the resort. That in mind, if you also listen to the podcast, thank you very much to you guys. But I will just say, actually, I never really say this. Um, to, if you do actually listen to on the podcast, it'd be really appreciated if you could give us a review on iTunes, give us a five-star review, or wherever you listen on, because it really is appreciated. It helps us push the podcast over to more people. More people will therefore get to see it. It gets to climb the charts and so on. We can get more people over here at the live shows. So it really does go a long way, just a simple... A simple review if you do enjoy the show, so thank you to you guys if you have actually made it this far into the podcast. But either way, I've been Greed Viperate. As you know, next week... Oh, and Kefki was here too. Uh, hello to you, Kefki. Thank- thanks for the luck. Thanks for listening. And Rexy's here as well. But yes, with that in mind, um, next week is going to be off-topic. It's our off-topic for the month of October. However, you know, it's Halloween, so we've got to get in our music relating to Halloween. So send in your Halloween-y related requests, and I'll play them next week. We're not going to be playing the news-related music that we normally would. But either way, with that in mind, we've just got one more track, and it's a track that would have fit perfectly next week, but so many people requested it that I really can't put it next week. So, uh, this track was requested by Dr. Scottnik, J-Star Max, and... Brit Gamer asked for a different version of this track, but it's the same track, just a different version of it. So, from Pure Pure 15th Anniversary, this is Advent of Purimpu. Is that Purimpu? That might be it. Satan Sama from Pure Pure 15th Anniversary. I've been Green Vibrate. You all have been awesome. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay topical.
Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.